Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. Let's dig in to week 14's Too Long Didn't Read Report. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds are at once. For Arizona, they're on by this week, but I did want to mention that James Conner took over an elite share of the snaps in week 13, with 76%, finishing as running back 4 on the week with 22.5 PPR points. It was only on two targets though, and while his target share was solid from a 3-down perspective, with 7%, this was probably the exception in terms of his ceiling, as he's ranked as a running back 22 in weighted opportunity on the season. The team enters a rough schedule to close out the season as well, and the average points per game of running backs fin- facing the, the teams they are going to face over the next few weeks was 50% lower than the league average. Marcus Brown also saw a drop in route share to his seasonal low of 17.5%. Greg Dortch is on a three-game increase, hitting his highest yet in Week 13 with 20% of the routes, alongside Trey McBride. We've seen better production from Brown of late, but the trends in route share are looking to make a liar out of me and my previous week's expectations for Brown's potential. I keep starting him as a top 24 wide receiver, but he's a weaker option right now. In Atlanta, Kadara Patterson solidified his role as a little spoon part of a committee with Bajorn Robinson, weighing in with 31% of the snaps in week 13, outpacing Tyler Algier, who had 15% fewer snaps. Kyle Pitts and Drake Linden continue to run a high number of empty routes, both are still over 20% of the total routes on a week-by-week basis, and they're still both barely able to crack 10, point, 10 points in PPR scoring. Jonah Smith... Returned to the route tree this week, taking third place in opportunity, 12.5% of the routes. But once again, it led to little effect. For Carolina, running backs seem to have stopped their back and forth as Chubba Hubbard emerges once again for the second week in a row with a clear lead in opportunity, playing over 60% of the snaps, further pushing Miles Sanders into the smaller part of this committee. Hubbard looks like an every week starter right now, but with over 20 weighted opportunities in the last two weeks, a top five running back average, he is mostly still reliant on rushing and red zone touches to get to that opportunity, as he once again failed to register a single target or reception this week, keeping his downside equally as concerning as his upside on a week-to-week basis. For Cleveland, Joe Flacco proves he still knows ball in his return to the NFL. It wasn't enough to bring home a win against the Rams, but 254 passing yards and two passing touchdowns feel like a fine return to fantasy at least. Jerome Ford showed his upside this week as I finally caught a late season trend in stride. He had over over 50% of the snaps, which is actually a decrease, but still good enough from last week. And three targets is a nice floor. It was mostly held together with a touchdown, but it remained solid, especially since he scored that touchdown through the air, suggesting his receiving work should keep going to maintain his production. In Dallas, I can't pass up the chance to say good things about Jake Ferguson. He's been a very useful find for teams this season and currently ranks as a tight end three in weighted opportunity, but also the tight end one in red zone expectation based on the touches he's receiving in that area of the field. His yards per touchdown is also stable for the tight end position. He's currently scoring a touchdown every 99 yards, and I expect him to keep being a top-level starter at the position to close out the season. After Tony Pollard's touchdown this week, he's finally within the range of the average yards per touchdown for the running back position. His role is still highly startable. He's running back six in weighted opportunity, which weights red zone touches, targets, 
and total opportunities in the offense. Notably, his snap share has entered rarefied air the last two weeks with over 76% in both week 13 and week 12. Whereas Rico Dowdle has seen the inverse falling to 22% and then 18% this last week. In Denver, Javante Williams finishes as a running back 20 this week. I'm just going to keep highlighting his role until it pays off a little bit more. At this point, he's had 65% of the snaps and 43% of the rushing opportunities and 12.5% of the targets. And that was just last week. He should continue to at least be a top 24 running back or a top 20 running back to close out the season. But I keep thinking there's more upside here. In Detroit, Jamison Williams has averaged 14.3% of the routes over the last three games and managed a rushing touchdown and one rushing attempt inside the 20. It's nice to see a young player get some attention, but in Dynasty, he's still in a sell window. If anyone in your league ever shows interest anyway. He's still very firmly behind Amamra St. Brown and Sam Laporta, and between those two more elite options and a solid one-two punch of running back, which definitely has come to fruition, as we suggested when... Montgomery came back to the field. Not going to leave a lot of room on a depth chart for a player this far into his career to transform into something more than we've already seen. In Green Bay, Christian Watson had nine targets for 71 receiving yards and two touchdowns and finished as a wide receiver eight in week 13. A second promising week and it's nice to see, but his route share actually dropped. But his route share dropped back towards his average, 16% in week 13, and he relied once again on those high value, high variance touches, this time in the red zone. He's a good player in a very upside role, but the route share continues to flag behind Romeo Dubs, just a little bit, indicating it's still very much an easy come, easy go upside on a week by week basis. For Houston, Tank Dow is heading to IR for the next few weeks and and his fantasy season is likely over. Which is bad. Nico Collins took a full advantage of the better opportunities, however, finishing with 12 targets, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Noah Brown filled in the route tree in Dell's absence, playing on 22% of the routes, the same as Collins, and could have some desperation startability to close out the year. Damian Pierce moved up after a very muted return to the field last week, from 18% of the snaps to 38% 38 in Week 13. But it was still behind Devin Singletary, who had 46% of the snaps. On the other hand, Pierce also got the more favorable red zone touches, outtouching Singletary 4-1 inside the 20-yard line. This suggests that the team might be favoring Pierce moving forward, or at least providing, producing a heavier split than we'd like to see in fantasy, despite Pierce's, and this is all despite Pierce's inefficiency in the, in the role. In Indianapolis, Will Mauroy take home took home four targets in week 13. I mentioned it because Indianapolis visits Cincinnati next week, which has an above average matchup for the position. In the absence of Josh Downs, Alec Pierce ran a marginally higher, marginally larger route share, even with Michael Pittman. Pittman still finished as wide receiver nine on the week with two touchdowns, and Pierce snagged two targets inside the 20-yard line in Downs' absence. Zach Moss likely disappointed some folks with his 7.7 PPR points this week, but he played on 94% of the team's snaps and had an 8.3% share of the targets, so his upside is still there on a week-by-week basis. For Kansas City, disappointing week for the Kansas offense, but on the bright side, Isaiah Pacheco had a season height of 84% of the red zone attempts and has had over 50% of the team's touches in the most valuable area of the field inside the 20-yard line the last three weeks. He finishes running back 12 this week. And while 14 points isn't, or might not seem like a lot, that's really good for a running back right now. 
In Miami, Devin Achain returns to form this week, finishing with 21 total opportunities, 103 total yards, and two touchdowns. I'd say he's due touchdown regression, but it's obvious and fun, and so is everyone in the Miami rushing game right now. The team is just working at a remarkably high level in 2023, and it's adding value to all the touches, and their expectations should actually probably be higher on a week-by-week basis, so I'm just going to keep rooting for Achain at this point. I'd start him. In New Orleans, A.T. Perry didn't pay off this week, but with Alvin Kamara soaking up 55% of the red zone touches, there wasn't much room for anyone besides Chris Olave. And a random touchdown from Jimmy Graham, yes, it's still 2023, didn't help. However, despite the setback, because he did take a step back in route share, a marginal one, he was still second on the team in total routes, level with Juwan Johnson, and could easily get more involved over the next few weeks. So I'd keep holding him for now. For the New York Jets, I don't know much about Xavier Gibson except he's a first-year player who played 16% of the Jets t- who had 16% of the Jets targets in week 13 and he's had over 16% of the routes in each of the last 4 weeks and hit a season high 21% of the routes against Atlanta in week 13. As well as a red zone target, finishing with 77 receiving yards and a high A dot of 13.5. In Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts is awesome. That has nothing to do with anything, I just wanted to say it. DeAndre Swift had 42% of the snaps. Teganeth Gamewell had 54% of the snaps. Gamewell also had 6 targets, which is notable. Swift did leave the field with an injury late in the game, but this week it was Gamewell, It was a Gamewell-led backfield even before he left the field. He could have just been struggling this week, I suppose, but Gamewell is worth more than just a roster spot, if only to keep play keep away from anyone else in the league. For Seattle, Jackson Smith and Ojigba is coming on strong to finish the season. He had over 18% of the routes last, the last three weeks, and he's run over 30 routes in every game since week 8. We saw a definite change in his production between weeks 6 and 9, a little earlier in the season, but if he finishes as strong as he played last week, he could make a case for his value to spike even before the offseason hits. Notably, this hasn't required a drop in route share from either Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. He's just claiming his own share of the offense, and he's had back-to-back targets inside the 20-yard line for the first time in his rookie campaign. For Tampa Bay, Mike Evans finished as a wide receiver 7 this week, continuing his career-length run of being on the high end of touchdown producers, with 101 yards per touchdown in 2023. His career average is currently 119 yards per target. Yards per touchdown, which is on the high end, to be clear. Chris Godwin wasn't able to bring home an even a single receiving yard. True, he only had three targets, but it is a little surprising for Godwin. He saved the day somewhat with a rushing touchdown, welcome to 2023, and currently should be scoring more touchdowns, presumably receiving ones, based on his overall share in the offense and his touches inside the red zone. We'll just have to see how that plays out to finish the season. In Tennessee, Chris Moore... Did not pay off. Uh, Chris Moore still ran over 15% of the routes in week 13, but the production swung towards Nico Westbrook, who runs much further down the field with a 15.3 A dot in week 13, suggesting this is just a roving production going to different weapons based on the game script rather than the growing roles in the offense behind DeAndre Hopkins. With the vanishing of Traylon Burks still on our mind, it's probably time to expect the team to address a receiving position more aggressively this offseason to get Hopkins some help. Well, that's about all I have for you this week. If you're interested in any of my data or digging into any more of the teams I mentioned and a little bit more in depth, you can check it out. Pin to my Twitter timeline, pin to my Patreon timeline, or you can 
talk to me live every week on the Dynasty Grind, 9.30 on Wednesdays. Thanks very much for checking out The Crossroads, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.